Who said the corpse of discovery? That comes later, unfortunately, for one of the guys. Uh, the core, that was a terrible joke. I should not have made that joke. That was awful. <sighs> the core of discovery. I know, sometimes I have no taste. The core of discovery is another word for what? The who? The Lewis and Clark expedition. Headed by, this is the easiest question I'm going to ask you today. Lewis and Clark. Oh, yeah, yeah, not that bad. Okay, now, do you remember who Lewis was? He was trusted by Je Thomas Jefferson because he was Thomas Jefferson's personal secretary. So back then, the, the president didn't get a whole group of staff like you see on TV until like the 1920s, 1930s. It was FDR was president when that happened. Before that, the president had to hire his own secretary out of his own salary. So um, that was Lewis, and Lewis had some military experience. Lewis gets this assignment. He's like, I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not an idiot. So he goes to his friend, William Clark, and they do it together. Lewis should have been the leader, but he insists that they be co-captains. Usually in the military, this doesn't work, but these two must have been friends. Like, there's no way you go to someone and you're like, I hate this guy, but you know what? Let's give him operational control, too, so we can constantly argue. So in front of you, you see a picture of their big boat. They had two smaller boats, too. I mean, obviously, it's not a picture picture, but you get the idea, right? So they're heading up the Missouri. They start out in this sucker. Most of the time, they have to pull their way. Sometimes they get to use the sail, which is convenient. All right. They set out on May 14th, 1804. Where from? Looking at this map, tell me where. St. Louis. Yep, good. Or St. Louis, depending on where in that region you're from. Uh, Fort Dubois, Dubois. Du Bois, depending again on where you're from. And they start heading up the Missouri River. Okay, so this is just, I wanted you to get an idea of the date here. How, how old is the country? Uh, I, yeah, good. So 1776, oh, no. 1804 minus 1776. So we could do the map. Wow, good, yeah. You're much better at math than I am or faster, in your head at least. Now, uh, they don't go too far, just a little bit. You could see it up there. I guess it is kind of far, actually. And Sergeant Charles Floyd gets sick. His appendix burst. Now, here's the thing. If your appendix burst, like right here, if I knew it burst, you're sitting here and you're like, oh, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, I think that's your appendix, which I would never guess because I have no idea. It'd be like, it's your stomach. <laughs> but your appendix burst, I, like, I wouldn't even wait. If I somehow knew that was it, I wouldn't even wait for an ambulance. I'd shove you in my car and drive you to the hospital as quickly as possible. This is life-threatening in 2023. In 1804, what chance does he have of surviving? Yeah, exactly, zero. There's no way he's going to live through this. Uh, so Sergeant Floyd dies. They bury him there. 
and we move on. So now, so see where they are. What is, where would they be now when they encounter the Teton Sioux? Close. You can't see it because I covered it with a picture. So they now they'd be in South Dakota. Now, when they run into the Teton Sioux, the first thing you have to understand is that these guys, <coughs> they do not speak the language of any of these tribes that they're going to encounter. They speak English, and they have some guides and things who speak French. Um, Lewis knows some French, too, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't. So they go, they speak in English to their translator who speaks French, and they hope someone from the tribe speaks French. If they don't, they are stuck with gestures. They call it sign language, but it's not sign language. It's like... You know, like, how do you say, I'm happy to meet you. By the way, we bought your land, and now we control it. Uh, let's be friends, or we'll kill you. Okay, that's really the message that they're supposed to deliver, and, and that's really complicated to deliver when you don't speak their language at all. So uh, this is rough. Well, when they end up with the Sioux, there is a young man, and I don't know if you were aware of this, but sometimes young men can be stupid. I, it occasionally happens. And this guy decides that he's going to pick a fight with Clark. So he starts coming out. He pretends to be drunk, and he intentionally kind of stumbles into him and pushes him out of the way. Clark is a military man. So when someone pushes him, he steps back, reacts, he draws his sword, and he gets ready to fight. When Clark draws his sword, the Sioux all pull out their bows and arrows. The Corps of Discovery all pull out their guns, and everybody starts aiming at each other and screaming. Things are tense. One of their leaders comes down. His name was Black Buffalo. Black Buffalo comes down, and he says, Hey, everybody just calm down. Just calm down. There's no point, if we get in a fight right now, a lot of our men are going to get shot and killed, and maybe some innocent bystanders, and we don't even know what these people want. Come on, let's, let's just chill the heck out. And they listen to him. They have a lot of respect for Black Buffalo. They listen to him. Uh, the Corps of Discovery lowers their arms, the Sioux lower their arms, and uh, they actually spend three days together. They are not happy days. They are tense and uptight days, but still they manage a fairly successful visit, especially in light of it started by shooting guns at each other. Any visit that starts with almost shooting at each other and then it doesn't end with shooting at each other is more successful than it could have been, right? Okay, so that's the Sioux. So they get back in their boats, they head up, they encounter a few other tribes, blah, blah, blah. And they come to a group called the Mandan and the Hidatsa, two different tribes. So you can see where they are, see Fort Mandan on that map? 
Now, when they come there, they realize they need another guide. They had people that could help them this far, but they've run into the need for more, more translators and whatever. And there happens to be this French dude. His name was Toussaint Charbonneau. Charbonneau was a trapper, knew the natives pretty well. He'd married two of them. And so they hire him. They're going to take him on the entire expedition. But Charbonneau doesn't want to leave his wife. It's his second wife. She's pregnant. She's 17, which back then was a different age. Okay? It meant something different to be 17 in 1804 than it means in uh, 2023. Yeah. So she's 17. She's super pregnant. And she's going to go with them. And what's her name? Oh, who said it? Who even pronounced it right? Oh, way to, way to go. <laughs> That's a good historical analysis there. Did you hear what she said? She said, so he took his second wife, but he left his first one. I know, yeah. It's a little sketchy. I don't know, we don't know a lot about this relationship. We really don't. Um, we can read between the lines a little bit. He seems to have liked her quite a bit. It could have been that she was younger and she needed more support. It could have been that he was a greedy dirtbag. I don't know. We, we don't really know too much about this. But for whatever reason, I will tell you this, though, the most likely, just dealing with probabilities, is that it wasn't a relationship decision. It was probably an economic decision. His other wife probably stayed back to sell the furs and things to keep the business running. So he has a business opportunity. She keeps the old business opportunity going. Is that 100%? Absolutely not. We don't know. You would think so, so maybe there's something going on there. Yeah. We don't know. What we do know, tomorrow we'll talk about Sacagawea at length, and it's going to take like an entire lesson to describe how important she is for this expedition. Plus, some really exciting stuff happens, so you'll see that goes. For now, though, they just decide to winter at Fort Mandan, so they build this fort. They call it Fort Mandan. And that's where they stay that first winter. Now, I, I told you a little bit about them meeting the Teton Sioux and a little bit about the Mandans or the Hidatsas. Um, but I haven't given you details about how these meetings went. So Lewis and Clark cruise into these places. And they say, you know, Hello, Captain Lewis, Captain Clark. They have this whole speech prepared. You're going to read one of them. It's actually a really cool one. So after they finished the speech, they gave a written copy of it to the people they gave it to. In this particular speech, they kept it, and they passed it down through their family. And it wasn't until about like 20 years ago that the family found this thing, donated all of this stuff to a museum, and the museum is like, wait a minute, this is one of uh, Lewis and Clark's original speeches. 
we didn't know this before. And so we have information that we didn't have. Um, so that's what you're going to read. I chose the one that you're going to read because it's typed. So I, I wanted to be nice to you. That's, that's why you're going to read that one. Now they go, they give this speech. You're going to read one. And then they gave them gifts. So first, you see the ones on the right. This is all the stuff they took with them. It's not all the stuff. Some of the stuff they took with them. They would also show off they had an air-powered rifle that you could pump up. And it could shoot actually very rapidly, very quickly. And it was really effective until it lost pressure or exploded. Um, but it was cool. And the natives were all like, oh, man, that's the height of technology today, this air-powered rifle. But they give them knives. Uh, do you know what a looking glass is? A few nods, what is it? Yeah, uh, a mirror. A looking glass. Remember Alice through the looking glass? A crappy mirror, I should say. A crappy mirror. Um, ribbons. The kettles is interesting to me. How did they decide which eight tribes got a brass kettle? And I don't know. The big thing they said, though, is they're like, hey, we want some of your leaders to go back and meet Thomas Jefferson. We want you to come back and meet us. And so they gave them that thing at the top left. It's a peace medal. You see the shaking hands and then Thomas Jefferson's image. And then those beads. They loved the beads. Uh, those beads were manufactured in China, so they were pretty rare on the plains. Uh, but in the East, they were pretty common. But the natives would wear them. The more you had, the richer you were. Uh, they'd wrap around their arms, their, like their wrists or their ankles. They'd pierce their ears and dangle them or their noses. Cool beads. So they also gave them beads. Hey, here's what Lewis and Clark didn't get, though. The native tribes did not have the same power structure they thought they did. Even the word chief doesn't come from the natives. It comes from the Scots. So here's your random fact. How many of you have Scottish ancestors? Higher, I want to see. Okay, me too. Crawford's a Scottish name. Um, what I'm going to tell you won't surprise you because you already think I'm crazy. Now, England had really kind of settled Scotland down not too long before this. Okay, not too long before like the um, French and Indian War. And so when they came over and they started getting ready, so picture there's a battle tomorrow. And you've got your British lieutenant there. You know, I'm in charge of this group. I've got my tea. Going to have our thing. And the natives would get ready for the next day. How? They'd build a big fire. They'd paint their faces. They'd strip down naked. They'd dance around the fire. They'd chant. The Scots were like, this is kind of what we do too. Whoosh. You know, strip down naked, paint their faces, dance around the fire. So just picture this poor British-like lieutenant like, Oh my goodness, what is going on? Oh dear, where am I? 
So they thought the Scots with their clans were really like the natives with their tribes. They thought they had the same power structure, but they didn't. See, in Scotland, traditionally, the, you're headed by a laird, which is just how they pronounce lord. Um, the clan chief. The clan chief might have a castle. They might just have a big house. Um, and they're the one in charge. And it's hereditary. If I'm the chief, my son is the chief. So when they come down, they see the natives. They're like, well, you, you have chiefs too. Yeah, we, we have chiefs too. The native chiefs work totally differently. You would have... So like... Maybe Holly would be the war chief. Because, you know, Holly... I don't know. I'm just kidding, Holly. So Holly's the war chief. So we respect her. And that's why she's in charge of all the war stuff. Maybe I would be the kind of spiritual leader what we white people usually say, the medicine man. I, I am the, the chief of spirituality. And meanwhile, maybe uh, Cameron is the chief of uh, moving. He's the one in charge of moving and keeping everyone safe and together and all that kind of stuff. So we have a whole series of leaders. And it's, it's complicated because it changes between tribes. Some tribes, it, it has to do with uh, which clan you're in, who's in charge, and and it'll change and, and it flows. So let's say we're going through and we're like, we're moving, we're going somewhere. We've always trusted Cameron. We trusted Cameron's father before him and his grandfather before him. But then Cameron's like, you know what? We've got to move here. And the rest of us were like, that's a swamp, Cameron. It's a swamp. We don't want to live in a swamp. There's mosquitoes and stuff. And he's like, no, we've got to go here. Then we're like, okay. We're going to go, and then Zach stands up. He's like, I have an idea. Let's not do that. Now Zach's the chief of moving from place to place. It, it's really quick. Once you lose the respect, you lose that position. Now, it doesn't matter much. That doesn't practically happen often. Because usually, if you're the one they trust, you've earned that trust, and you're going to keep that trust. But it does shift. It ebbs and flows and changes when the United States signs a treaty with some of these native people, the rest of the tribe is like, wait a minute, you don't have the right to sign away the tribe's land. You're not the boss anymore. So just see how this is, this is a thing. So Lewis and Clark show up. They're giving presents to the chiefs. Who's the chiefs? Oh, well, these five guys. Okay, cool. Well, how come they got presents? I want presents. Well, because they're the chiefs. Well, yeah, but they're just in charge because I want presence. <laughs> Come on, people. So this creates some tensions that they did not. Lewis and Clark never learn that they're doing this. They also never learn. Clark really thought that he was making promises that were going to be kept. And they were not kept. You'll see some of those in the reading. Okay, so turn the sheet over, look at the back. So you have two things to do. First is the assignment I gave you yesterday. I estimate that should take you about 20 minutes. If you're not done by the end of class today, I, I would recommend you just finish it at home. Just get it knocked out, get it done. Do tomorrow night, 
no big, don't, don't let it overwhelm you. It's not that long. It's not that detailed. Just get it done. But then you're going to do the primary document analysis, the primary source analysis on that speech that Lewis gave. Uh, just like you did before, you can skip two questions, any two. I even gave you another speech by Thomas Jefferson after the natives came in. If you want to compare it to that, you can compare it to something else if you want. Um, but I did give that to you to help you out. That one's due Friday. And I will give you time to work on both. While you do that one, while you do the primary document analysis, I want you to answer these four questions. It shouldn't be hard. And if it is, talk to me. I, I'm happy to help you. Um, but those are things that I, I need you to pull out of that. Sound good? Questions? Lewis and Clark? So right now, they're just spending the winter of 1804 to 1805. But they have their whole group together. Cool.